Mike. Good morning. Good morning. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. What a wonderful morning. What a wonderful morning to be in the house of the Lord one more time. 
It is a wonderful day. Keep in mind, this is the first Sunday of Black History Month. Please be mindful of that and observe that. We need to know about our black history. Amen. We welcome you to our Sunday morning worship service. Let us pray. We'll have scripture first. Our scripture has been selected from Psalms 96, 1 through first through the fourth verse. Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing to the, unto the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the people. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. Oh, heavenly and precious Father God, we come this morning, oh, heavenly Father God, acknowledging you as God. We credit you, Lord, for our presence here this morning, oh, Lord. We credit you, Lord, for bringing us through another week. We credit you, O Lord, for bringing us through slavery, O Heavenly Father God, to this present moment. O Heavenly Father God, we come this morning. We pray your blessing upon this service this morning. We pray your blessing upon the one who will preach your holy word. We pray your blessing, O Lord, upon every worshiper, O Heavenly Father God. And we pray, O Lord, that as we leave this place, we will leave stronger than we came. In your son Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. Now the music ministry will come. Test, test it.
will fix it. Our scripture this morning is coming from Psalms number 19. And Reverend Redmond, I believe, somewhere around verse number 7. You'll find these words. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. Moreover by them is thy servant warned. And in keeping of them there is great reward. Let us pray. Lord, as once again we come to you just saying thank you, Lord. Thank you for another opportunity to pray. Thank you for the privilege of prayer. Lord, thank you for bringing us out to 1000 West Ridgeway Street once again. And as we celebrate Black History Month, Lord, I am grateful for the history of this great church, Lord. Lord, we are known for over 100 years that you have been here with us in the midst. Lord, we thank you that we have somewhere where we can come with our different cares and concerns, interceding on behalf of others, and just bring our cares to the throne of grace. Knowing that we serve a God who not only hears our prayers, but answer our prayers according to your will, Lord. This morning, Lord, I ask that you hear the prayers of our sick and shut in. Lord, I ask that you hear the prayers of our bereaved families, Lord. Touch them where they are, dear Master. Lord, I pray that as we continue through these 28 days of prayer, that through our fasting and our daily devotionals, Lord, that we will draw closer to you, dear Master. Lord, I pray that miracles will happen and we will just, our souls will be enriched. Now, Lord, as we go through this service, Lord, I ask that you would bless the God man who's going to bring a word this morning. Use him like you do, Lord, and we're grateful for him, Lord. Continue to bless our pastor and his family, Lord. Bless this ministry, this, this church family, Lord. And, Lord, as we here this morning, we come to lift you up. We come to worship you. We come to praise you. We come to give you all the glory. Let's do your name, dear Master. For it's in your son Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Somebody bless the Lord for being here this morning. Somebody give God praise for bringing you to this house of prayer. Anybody know if it had not been for the Lord, you wouldn't be here right now. If it had not been for the Lord holding you and keeping you and guiding you, I don't know how you feel about it, but I've come this far by faith. I said we've come this far by faith leaning on the Lord. Can we sing a little bit of that? We've come this far by faith leaning on the Lord. Leaning on the Lord. Trusting in trusting in His holy word. He's never failed. He's never failed me yet. Oh, sing it all. Oh, can't turn around. 
We come. Come on, everybody sing the song. We come this far. Every day I keep leaning on the Lord. Leaning. Oh, I keep trusting in. Oh, he never failed. I'm singing, oh, 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 can't turn around. We come. And every day I will trust in the Lord. I will trust. I will keep trusting. In the, oh, I keep trusting in till I die. Oh, I trust in the Lord. Oh, I will trust in the Lord. in till I die can I just skip to my favorite verse I'm gonna stay I'm gonna stay on the battle oh I'm gonna stay on the battle every day of my life stay on Battlefield till I die. Oh, till I die. I'm gonna stay on the battlefield. I'm gonna stay on the battlefield. Oh, I'm gonna till I die. Till I Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord. You may be seated in the presence of the Most High God. Amen. Good to see each of you, my father's children. God is great, and he is greatly to be praised. Reverend Harrington is coming now. Good morning, K Chapel. Well, let me start out with what is an obvious. You see, I have on all red. And look at the men. Stand up, men. Look at their wonderful red ties. Aren't they looking gracious? You may be seated. Uh, plus, they're singing wonderful, right? Well, the church uh, health ministry wants to highlight that this is American Heart Month. And you are encouraged not only to just wear red, but they want you to know the difference in the signs of a heart attack for men and women. So when you go back to your doctors, say, now look, explain to me what are the differences. Look it up on the internet, y'all. Look up everything else. No. What are the risks? Learn how to prevent heart attack. 
on the bulletin board in the small family room, you will see some more information, and I'm encouraging the ministry to put it also on our website. Amen? Amen. Well, this is February, the first Sunday. That means we have some babies born in February. Would you all please stand? Woo, look at the February babies. Wow. And now our wonderful orchestra is going to give you a presentation of Happy Birthday. Now, y'all say happy birthday to your neighbor that's sitting near you. This is also Black History Month. And, uh, you know, those of us that believe in our history, we know every month is Black History Month. Now, that was a slow amen. Every month is Black History Month to us, right? But because the nation decided to recognize us this one month of the year, Cade Chapel will start next Sunday with Facts in Blackness. I named it Facts in Blackness. And so we will have special presentations starting next month here at Cade Chapel. And of course, you know, you're encouraged all the time to wear your African attire and to celebrate with each other, learn facts about our church family that are historical facts so that we can continue to encourage our young people to know their history. Speaking of our young people, the youth department is doing a museum trip and it will take place on February 24th from 10 a.m. to 12 noon. Join us as we experience Black History Month in excellence on a historical museum visit. This trip is required for participation in the National Baptist Congress Convention. Sign up today, young people, and you can find that information on our website. Now, you know, we have been started uh, in the last few days with the 28 days of prayer and devotion. And of course, if you are already signed up with the church, you have that notice coming to you every morning. Thank you, our communications ministry, for the wonderful job you're doing. Give them a hand, clap of praise. Now, uh, I, I, I just felt led, Reverend Buckley, that I needed to bring this little book. Anybody know what this little book is? Ah, yeah, Sunday school book. There was a part in here this morning that just says, those who learn more about God has that he has revealed in his word will more clearly understand how to respond to his greatness appropriately and confidently trusting in God, waiting on him to act on their behalf. 
Now, that's what this studying of the Bible is all about. It is about us learning the word of God and then being able to apply the word of God. So I'm encouraging you for the next days of February, continue to go to those lessons that have been provided for us in such an excellent way, and also to join in on prayer, I mean, on um, Bible study every Wednesday as we go through the devotional together. And Reverend Buckley is doing a wonderful job, isn't he? And, I, and I'm, I'm serious that this is the way we seek God's face is when we turn to the word of God. Amen. Now, high school seniors, mark your calendar. March the 2nd is her prom closet dress giveaway, sponsored by Couture uh, Cares. This will take place in the Cage Chapel um, Family Life Center, and you must register. Registration is required. So look for that announcement on the Cage Chapel web page. Amen. Now, the written announcements are done, but we have a special emphasis by Marie Divinity regarding the K. Chapel Walton Elementary Book Drive. Good morning, Kate. This morning, I come to you to kick off the Walton Elementary Book Drive. This is our 14th year. This year, to buy one book per student will cost only $10. However, we at K Chapel provide two books. We provide two books for the students at Walton for summer reading, and the books are coming from the Jackson Public School Summer Required Reading List. So we ask that you give all that you can. You can give by going to the K Chapel app and clicking on the Give tab. You also can give by just simply filling out an envelope and writing Walton Books and give whatever you like. The month of February will be dedicated to the Walton Elementary Book Drive. Thank you. Thank you, Sister Divinity. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the person that will entice you to give. I don't know about the enticing. Well, I'm going to tell you what does say the Lord. Amen? Let's hear it for these men over here. Let's hear it for them. A lot of people talking about all we got in churches with women. We got some men up here. Battle <laughs> men that love the Lord. Amen? Well, it's tithes and offering time. This is the time where we all get the opportunity to bless the Lord through our giving. Here at K Chapel, we do understand that to fully worship God does include our offerings, which are given primarily for three reasons here at K Chapel Missionary Baptist Church. Now, the first reason why we give as a sign of being obedience to God. 
And the second reason why we give, as a sign of giving thanksgiving for God providing provision for all that we need. And the third reason why we give here at Cade Chapel is simply because we just want to see the kingdom of God grow through the missions and ministries that occur here, through our city, our state, our nation, and even around the world through Cade Chapel Missionary Baptist Church. Now, there are multiple ways in which you can give. You can give by using traditional envelope system. You can mail that in or you can drop it off back at the office. And you also can use the K-Chapel app. Now, for those of you that's on with us by live stream, you too can bless the Lord through your giving by utilizing the number that's on your stream. Now, we don't want to forget our visitors, and we just want to remind you that the offering basket will be available as you go out the door, exit the sanctuary, where you can drop your envelope off and bless the Lord as well. So, how much you give? And whichever way you decide to give, we do encourage you to do so without grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful Amen. God bless you all.
us pray. How great is our God. Lord, you are greater than great. You are greatly to be praised, Lord. We thank you for the gifts and we thank you for the givers, Lord. Bless it, multiply it, let it be used for the upbuilding of your kingdom. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. How great is our God. He's not a little statue that you sit on a shelf, but he's a mighty God. Amen. God promises. He promises to offer comfort to those who seek him. When pain and illness strike you or your loved ones, remember these comforting words that are found in Isaiah 41 and 10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. We just talked about how great he is. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Let us continue to pray for our bereaved families, the Ford, the Alexander, Moore, Island, Harrington, and Porter families. Recently lost their loved ones, Attorney James Oliver Ford, which is the brother of Judge Barry Ford, transitioned on last week. The services for Attorney James Ford will be held Tuesday, February 6th at 11 a.m. at McDonald United Methodist Church in Pontotoc, Mississippi. Mr. Demetrius Orlandus Moore, the brother of Sister Joyce Alexander, has also transitioned. The service for Mr. Moore will be held on Friday, February 9th at 11 a.m at Woods Funeral Home in Chicago Heights, Illinois. Mr. Leroy Milton Island, the cousin of Reverend Shirley Harrington and Sister Obra Porty has transitioned. The service for brother, for, for brother Island will be held on Saturday, February 10th at 11 a.m. at Schaefer Collins Funeral Home in Yazoo City, Mississippi. In the hospital or nursing home or rehab, we have Brother Limus Magruder, also Mr. Mario and Sharita Hollins are asking for prayer for their son Cameron Hollins, who is 17 years of age, and he is in the hospital at the University Medical Center. Also, the Levine family are asking for prayer for Brother Christopher Levine, who is also in University Medical Center. Recovering at home, Brother Glenn Barnes, Sister Annie Poindexter, Sister Mary Poindexter, Sister Anita Shaw, Sister Johnny Jackson, Reverend Leroy Harrington, Mr. Melvin Scott, Brother John Sanders, Brother Kavira Collins, and Brother Willie Lindsay. Also asking for prayer is Brother William Carter. Those that are related to church members that are asking for prayer, Mrs. Lena Perry, Mr. Lewis Burns, Mr. Leonis 
Barner, Mr. Keith Fogger, Mrs. Dolores Phillips, Mr. Larry Milton, Ms. Demetrius Wallace, Mr. Clyde Cameron, Mrs. Renee Collins, Mrs. Laquana Caston, and Javante Noel. We have thank you cards. Your kindness is greatly appreciated. May God bless you all. Thank you so much. And this comes from Sister Mary Poindexter. Also, to Pastor Buckley and the entire K Chapel family, we are forever grateful to God for you and all of the prayers, all of the love and the many acts of kindness that were shown to us during the difficult time in our lives. Will you please continue to pray for us and we, we continue to thank God for each and every one of you. And this comes from Brother Al and Mary Duvall Levy. As we always say, pray when you can, visit where you can, and each and every day of your life, just thank God that you can. Let us pray. Dear God, we know that the sick and the shut-in will be with us always. So right now, Lord, we ask that you will have compassion upon each and every one that is sick and shut-in. Also, the bereaved families have mercy. And dear Lord, we ask that you will give strength and patience to the caregivers of those that are sick and shut in. And then continue, we ask, to give us the strength, yes, to continue to pray, yes, to continue to visit, and yes, Lord, to thank you and give praise to you that we are able to do so. And we ask all of these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.
satisfied. I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied with Jesus. He means more than anything. More than money. More than clothing. More than houses. More than stocks and bonds. More than your retirement. He means more than anything. Watch this. That the world has to offer. I'm satisfied. Old church usually say, I got Jesus. And that's enough. I got Jesus. And that's enough. You can have this whole world, but give me Jesus. Mm. My God, my God. Come on, bless the Lord for this male chorus. What a blessing it is. What a blessing it is when men worship the Lord. When men open their mouths and give God praise. When men say, we are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. From the book of Psalms, Psalm number 19. Psalm number 19, beginning with verse 7. There you'll find these words recorded. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right. Rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, much that than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Y'all feel all right this morning? Amen. Amen. Listen, go ahead and celebrate our music team, too. Can we give them some? Hallelujah. Thank God for skilled musicians. I think of skilled musicians anytime I get into the book of Psalms. Because the book of Psalms is a music book written by people who love music. Thanks be to God for skilled musicians. 
And people who not only love music, but who love the God of the music. People who love the object and the subject of which we sing. I tell people all the time it makes a difference when people who love the Lord are serving the Lord versus people who just work in. I'm going to get to my sermon in a minute. Y'all just let me, let me ease on the taxiway for a second. But there is power in praise. There is goodness in worship. And when the people of God gather together around the things of God for one purpose, God is glorified. Watch this, and his power is manifested. Ushers, I'm going to talk this morning about, because they're looking around trying to decide when it's time to leave. I appreciate y'all. I want to talk to you about the power in God's word. Thank you, ushers. The power in God's word. Amen. Now, as you know, we, we, we are in the 28 days of prayer and fasting this month. Our congregational focus on our time together is on studying and reading the word of God and, and studying and reading the word of God in such a way that that time that we spend in God's word is more productive, more fruitful, more impactful. Um, if you have not joined our Bible study, as Reverend Harrington mentioned yet, this year, if you've not joined it, I invite you to connect with us each Wednesday at 7 p.m. online as we explain more about the Word of God and how it is written and how it is organized and how you can make your time in God's Word more productive. Because I believe this, that God wants us to understand what he has revealed in his Word. God wants us to receive what he has already given through his holy scriptures. And we can receive it better when we understand more of how it's constructed, more of its historical context, and more of its composition. And so I invite you to study along with us, to also read the devotionals and watch uh, the Right Now videos that come to you daily in your text messages. And here's what you need to know if you're going to receive what God has in his revealed word. Here it is. Here it is. And I, I, I'm not going to have any... You're going to have to make up your own points today because um, I'm, I'm going to give you a whole lot of information. You just got to organize it in the way that fits you. Amen. Um, uh, here's what I need you to know. Uh, in order to know what the Bible means today, you first must have to know what it meant then. If you don't know what it meant then, you will mess up what it means today. Wish I had a witness here. Your interpretation of God's word must emerge through what we call scriptural exegesis that allows the text to maintain its integrity and maintain its intent. In other words, don't make the word say something that it didn't say. Don't, don't come here with your own thoughts and your own wants and your own needs. I, I need the word to say this. And then you string along five or six scriptures and then create your own doctrine and say, well, the Bible said. 
let the word say what it says because there is power in God's word when we read what it says. There's power in God's word. All parts of his word, all the various genres that constitute God's word. Remember what we read last week in Paul's letter to Timothy where it says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. All the scripture, the historical books are given by inspiration of God. The major prophets are given by inspiration of God. The minor prophets are given by inspiration of God. The books of law are given by inspiration of God. The gospels are given by inspiration of God. The epistles are given by inspiration of God. The acts of the apostles are given by inspiration of God. John's revelations are given by inspiration of God. And even this, what we come to this, this morning in the book of Psalms, these poetic verses, verses of wisdom, verses of poetry, even poetry is given in the scripture by inspiration of God. These poetic books that we refer to as the Psalms and the Song of Solomon and Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, these are the wisdom books or the poetic books, and even they are given by inspiration of God. That's why we cannot look at any part of the Bible as insignificant or unimportant or not worth studying because all scripture, come on somebody say all scripture, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and if God inspired it then it's worth our study. It's worth our attention. It's worth our spending time with it to understand what it says. Why? Because there is power in God's word. Book of Psalms, the Book of Psalms, the Book of Psalms is classified, y'all, as Hebrew poetry. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor seateth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his, light, and in his law does he both meditate both day and night. That's Hebrew poetry. 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 Uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in Green pastures. I'm just seeing if you're awake. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. That's Hebrew poetry. Poetry, poetry. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? That's Hebrew poetry. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. He, that's Hebrew Poetry and Hebrew poetry is different from English poetry. To the English, to the Western ear, when we think about poetry, the English ear tends to listen for rhyme and for rhythm. Rhyme and rhythm for the Western ear constitutes poetry. But the Hebrew ear is not concerned so much with rhyme and rhythm as it is with parallel thought. Para somebody say parallel. Parallel thought is the major theme that constitutes Hebrew poetry. Parallel thought and then the use of poetic devices such as alliteration or assonance, metaphors or anthropomorphisms. Anthropomorphisms is just a big word that means that, that, that they look at, at, at characteristics of man and ascribe it to God. So when we talk about God's ear or God's eyes... They're taking human features and giving God that so that we better understand what God has, what God can do, his all-seeing eye, his ever-hearing ears. That's anthropomorphisms. Use the word tomorrow. You'll impress a lot of people. 
<laughs> these poetic books, these poetic books in the Bible are written at the hands of humans. Humans who are grappling with the meaning of life and the majesty of God. People who are attempting to capture and describe the essence of truth. The reality of suffering, the emotions of fear, frustration, and doubt in the context of faith. These inspired verses in Psalms are poems, songs, lyrics that contain within them the timeless truths concerning the eternal God. And interpreting the Psalms first means that we remember that they were written at a time, y'all, when the Bible as we know it did not exist. So when the psalmist refers to the word of God or to the word of the Lord, they are not talking about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. When the psalmist says the word of the Lord, he is not referring to Paul's letters or to John's revelations because none of that had yet been written. Uh, all that David has at this point when he's writing in the Old Testament is Old Testament law and, and Joshua and Judges, a few of the Psalms, and perhaps Job and Ruth. But, but even Isaiah hadn't been written yet. Uh, Ezekiel hadn't been written yet. Daniel hadn't been written. What would David have said if he had read Isaiah's vision of, of in the year that King Uzziah died? I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. What, what, if, what if he had had access to Ezekiel's wheel in the middle of a wheel? What would he have said of God's word if he had had any of that that we have? We can only imagine. But even without that, David still sums up the word of God as being glorious, powerful, something worth reading and celebrating and living our lives by. I like the way, I like the way the psalm begins. This psalm begins because David does not start with the written word, but rather with the revealed word of God in his creation. Listen to how it begins in verse number one. It says, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where, the vo where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the day. David says, listen, if you never had a written word in front of you, just look up. The, 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 the sky testifies to the glory of God. The, the sun, the moons, and the stars witness to the power of God. Look under your feet at the grass and the earth and the waters. Everything around you speaks of how good and grand and powerful and glorious. God, if you never read a word, listen to the witness of the world that he created. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul says the very same thing in Romans 1. Romans 1 and 18 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness because that, that, that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to him. How? For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. Paul says nobody living has an excuse for not knowing that there's a God. You, you, you may have never had anyone tell you about Jesus Christ, but the birds witness that there's a God. 
the, the rivers and the waters testify that there is a God. The, the sky and the earth testify that there is a God. If you've had no one explain to you who Jesus is, just look around his creation. Both writers see God leaving record of himself in his creation such that if no one ever picks up the Bible, we don't have an excuse. Uh. But then when we get down to verse number seven, David shifts from talking about the world which declares God's glory to the word that declares God's glory. Because as much as creation declares the glory of God, the written word itself discloses so much more. The written word reveals more of God. The written word uncovers more of God. The written word discloses more of God. And David offers several truths regarding the power in God's word. The power in God's word. Now, a few things we need to get clear as we delve into this text. First thing I need you to recognize is that throughout the psalm, there's several phrases that are used. The law of the Lord, the testimony of the Lord, the statutes of the Lord, the commandments of the Lord, the judgments of the Lord. You'll see these phrases, not just in this psalm, but throughout the Bible. The law of the Lord, the testimony of the Lord, the statutes of the Lord, the commandments of the Lord, the judgments of the Lord. And to the English ear, this sounds like the same word. We use these words interchangeably to mean the same thing. Whether we're talking about the law of God or the statutes of God or the commandments of God, when we're teaching or preaching or, or talking about the word of God, law, commandments, they basically mean the same thing. Do I have a witness here? But all of these words have a bit of nuance in the Hebrew language. And that is why in the Hebrew language, in the Hebrew Bible, the writers take time to talk about each one. Look with me in the book of Deuteronomy. I'm just teaching this morning. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 says, Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments, which the Lord your God commanded to teach you that ye might do them in the land whither that ye go and possess it. Verse 17 says, Ye shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and his statutes which he hath commanded thee. Now if they were all the same thing, there would be no reason for the writers to list them all out separately. But each of them means something a little bit different. Look, look again, look again, 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 17, verse 37, it says, And the statutes and the ordinances and the law and the commandment which he wrote for you, ye shall observe to do forevermore, and ye shall not fear other gods. Again, now, we lump all of those, all those terms typically into one general pot and stir it all up and say, it's the word of God. And that's fair. Because commandments, laws, statutes, ordinances, testimony, all of that is the word of God. That's not a problem. You can do that because ultimately it is the word of God. But if you look at each of these in their unique classification, there are some nuances worth us pulling out that I believe David may have been pointing to when he writes even in this poetic 
language. Look with me. Verse number seven, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. All right, here we go. We're in school now, yeah. Law in Hebrew is Torah. T-O-R-A-H, Torah. It signifies God's overall and general instruction for humanity. The Torah. The Torah is God establishing himself and his ways and his values in the earth. The law, the Torah. The Torah, the law is a large umbrella then of God's instructions given to man meant to guide him, to instruct him, to delineate right from wrong. The law, the Torah, makes us conscious of the reality of sin. The Torah. It makes you aware of good and evil. The Torah, it gives you the ability to recognize right and distinguish right from wrong. Paul calls the law our schoolmaster in Redmond in Galatians 3, right around verse 24. He calls it our schoolmaster. And, and David says of the Torah that the law of God, it is perfect and it converts the soul. What David is saying here. That God's law is absolutely right, absolutely complete, and correct. And we need to see his law, his word, as having that kind of high priority and regard in our lives and live it out daily in our decisions, in our relationships, in our conduct. Why? Because the law establishes God's authority in us. Okay, you're looking at me, we glossed over our eyes. Let me say it another way. The law of God confronts man with who God is and what God desires and puts before man as a choice. A choice. Ultimately, God's put before every person a choice. To do right or do wrong. He says, but you're going to know my law, the Torah. You're going to know what my law says, but it's the choice for you to do right or to do wrong. God's law makes it clear where righteousness is, where holiness is, where justice is. And because the law draws the line in the sand, it provides the opportunity for man to turn from his ways and then follow God's ways. Am I making sense to anybody? So, so while it does not have the power to save us, it does have the power to show us where we are and where God is. I'm preaching better than you talking. It, it, it has the power to show us where we're heading and where God is guiding. It gives us guardrails for life and allows the essence of who we are to see the need for change, the need for repentance, the need for conversion, the need to live life differently. Ah. David says the law, the Torah of the Lord is perfect converting the soul but then he says watch this the testimony of the lord is sure making wise the simple now what is testimony before i answer that remember this i told you this is poetry and one of the main one of the main features in hebrew poetry is what we call parallelism in parallelism the writer writes one thing and in the next phrase he really writes the same thing just a different way it's a parallel thought it's a continuing thought that drills down on the prior statement. Are y'all with me? He, all he's saying, he's saying the same thing over, but he said, I'm going to make it more plain. Are you with me here? 
It's the way of stressing or bringing emphasis to what's already been said. So when David says, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple, that's actually a restatement of the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Okay, okay, remember, remember, God is giving Moses instruction for building a sanctuary in the book of Exodus. And in Exodus 25, God says to Moses in verse 16, And thou shalt put into the ark the testimony which I shall give thee. The testimony is the law. The law that God gives him on Mount Sinai. You remember he gives him two tablets of stone. And he says, take that law, place it in the ark. So all David is doing is using different words for the same thing. The law is the testimony. Are you following me? God says, God says, take that testimony, the law, and place it in the ark. So what David is doing is just reiterating and restating that the law is perfect by saying the testimony is sure. The word is sure. The word for sure in Hebrew. Guess what the word for sure is in Hebrew? Amen. Sound, 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 sound. Amen. Amen. The Hebrew word for sure is amen. In other words, in other words, in other words, lasting, reliable, verified. David says God's law isn't going anywhere. It isn't changing. What, what God established as good is still good. What he declared as evil is still evil. And you can depend on God's law to show you, to guide you, to direct you, to reveal to you his standards for your life. Why? Because God's law works to convert the ways of man as it establishes the ways of God. Here it is in one question. Everything I just said can be summed up in one question. Ultimately, this is the question that David is getting at. Are you living your life according to the standards that God has established in his word? That's the question. Are you living your life according to the standards that God has established in his word? Why? Because his word is perfect. It is reliable. It is lasting. Can you say the same thing about the standards by which you live? Are your standards reliable, perfect, lasting? Or are you having to find new ways and live new truths as you enter new seasons? of your life. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. You, you know how, how, how we say I'm a new version of myself? And, and when you create your new version, you, you start doing some new things? Y'all ain't talking to me in here. Now, the word of God is reliable, true, and it doesn't have to change because your season changed. Help me preach this if you can. David goes further. David goes further. Verse 8, I told you, you got to get your own points. David goes further. Verse 8 says, the statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The word for statutes here is not Torah. The word used for statutes is uh, pikudim. 
pikudim is translated mandate. I'm, 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 I'm teaching tonight. I'm teaching this morning, y'all. You're going to learn Greek and Hebrew in this sermon. Uh, pik pikudim. Pikudim means mandate. Mandate. Statutes are a bit different from the law in that they are actual binding rules that bring the law to life. Okay. Okay. Let me say it like this. The law is the big umbrella. The statutes describe how to live out the law. Okay, here it is. The law says honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. The statutes drill down on that and say don't cook on the Sabbath. Don't clean on the Sabbath. Don't go plowing your fields. Y'all ain't talking to me anymore. You get the big law, but then you drill down and get the defined statutes. What, what does that mean? What can I do and what can't I do? Yeah, yeah, the statutes, the statutes, the statutes. The law will say honor your mother and your father. That, that's the law. But the statutes will say when you owe your parents money, don't, don't go telling them I put it in the offering tray. By the way, that's actually in Matthew 15. Yeah, yeah. Don't, 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 go, don't go making up excuses why you're not doing right by your parents, blaming it on God. <laughs> David, David, David says these are the statues, the pikudim, because, and, and this causes the heart to rejoice. Now, how is it you say that mandates can cause Rejoicing in David's heart. The last thing that any man wants to hear is what he can and can't do. Come on and talk to me if you can. You, you know you're good and grown and you don't want anybody telling you what you can and can't do. And your heart does not rejoice when somebody says, no, don't do that. But David says, no, this law, this statute, when it defines for me what is right and wrong and drills down and says what I can do and cannot do, this causes my heart to rejoice. David says, I, I get joy because God has told me and I don't have to try to figure this out by myself. I don't have to come up with my own law to try to govern my own behavior and my own activity. God has given it to me. Anybody going with me in this? Ah, ah, yeah, yeah. He, 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 he says, he says, okay, so here's the parallel phrase. He says, the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Remember, this is a parallel statement. It's just restating what he's already said. And so when he drills down on this and gets to the statutes and the commandments of God and what you can do and what you cannot do, he says, the heart rejoices. Why? Because the eyes are enlightened. In other words, I'm not trying to figure it out on my own. My eyes are enlightened. I can clearly see God's will for my life. My eyes are enlightened. I can see, clearly see what the Lord would have me do in this situation and, and how he would have me respond to this person and, and what he would have me to say and, and how he would have me keep my mouth closed. I don't have to go through and figure it out. He's already given it to me. All I have to do is live according to his statutes. And that, he says, causes the heart to rejoice. <sighs> causes the heart to rejoice. I believe that's why David didn't spend any time trying to explain his sin away. 
or trying to justify his wrongdoing when Nathan the prophet confronting him, David just took out his pen and started writing, have mercy on me, God. According to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions against thee and thee alone have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest, here it is, truth in the inward parts and in the hidden parts shalt thou make me to know wisdom. My heart rejoices because I know what you've already said. Has power to bring truth and wisdom to our innermost selves because it converts the soul. It makes the heart rejoice. It enlightens the eyes. And I'm, I'm about to close it out right here. David says, he makes a slight shift here in verse 9, says, the fear of the Lord is clean. Enduring forever, the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. You say, now how did we start talking about fear? I thought we were talking about the word. But remember, it's parallel. So if you don't understand what he's saying in the first verse, just go down to the next verse. The fear of the Lord brings up the idea of reverence. But then the parallel thought that, that David uses is the judgments of the Lord. The word judgment is mishpat. Mishpat is translated verdict or decision or decree. Mishpat is the word that is used to describe the righteousness of God. So when, when David says uh, 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 the judgment or the mishpat of the Lord is, is good, what he's saying is, listen, I don't have to question what God determines. His decisions are all right with me. Because I know that God is righteous. And whatever he decides, I know he's just, he's holy, he's righteous, and ultimately he's going to do what's good for me. David says, I can rest in that. I, I don't have to be worried about that. I get joy. My heart is rejoicing. My eyes are enlightened. I have peace about it. I can go through life. And even if it hurts, I know that ultimately God is still a good God. He's still a righteous God. And I will give him glory for who he is. Uh, I'm done, y'all. Thanks for hanging in there with me. I hope you got three points. <sighs> David says this ultimately, that we can trust the Lord for whatever he determines. That's, that's, that's what David is saying. Whatever he decides, whatever he determines, we can trust it. Why? Because he's righteous. He's good. He's just. Doesn't mean I like everything that happens. But it does mean that I can trust that it comes from the heart of God. And if it comes from God's heart, it's going to be all right with mine. That's why he ends our lesson with these words. More to be desired are they than gold. Yea, then much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and, and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. 
David has this to say only about the word of God. It means more to him than anything. Sheldon, that he's satisfied. His word is sweeter than honey and the honeycomb. I'm satisfied. It's more valuable than gold. Precious die. I'm satisfied. It means more to me than anything. Anything that this world could ever offer. There's power in God's word. It says, and I'm satisfied with it. Give me God's word. It enlightens my eyes. It rejoices my heart. It converts my soul. But it does more than that. It calms my fears. It dries my tears. It lifts me when I'm weak. It strengthens me when I'm worn. I'm talking about the word of God now. It helps me when my haters are on my tail. And it, it protects me from life storms. It feeds me when I'm hungry. I feel my help coming right here. I'm talking about the word of God. It's water in a dry land. It's bread when I'm starving. It's talking about God's word. Brings joy to my soul. Brings encouragement to my heart. Comforts me. I don't know about you. But every now and then, I just need to meditate on God's word. I just need to read God's word. I got a lot of books in my library. But there is no book like God's word. Do I have a witness here? I've taught you I might as well go on and celebrate now. Because I know that God's word is a lamp unto my feet. And a light unto my path. In the Lord, the word of God, yeah, it'll fight for you. Do I have a witness here? I said the word of God will put fire in your feet. Good God of mine, put clapping in your hands. Good God of mine, put joy in your heart. In the Lord, is there anybody in here that can testify today? I'm in his word because his word is in me. Good God Almighty, I'll stand on his word because his word is standing with me. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, if I don't have anything else, I got his word. 
in the Lord. If I don't have friends, I got his word. If I can't call my mama, I got his word. If I can't get in touch with my daddy, I've got his word. Good God of mine, say it. I got his word. Are you satisfied with the true, with the true God, the living God? A few weeks ago, about three weeks ago, Pastor Buckley named off various ministries here. And he said that there's plenty of work to be done. He's just doing what Jesus had said to the disciples that the harvest in Matthew, the ninth chapter, around the 37th verse, that the harvest is plenty, yes, but the labors, they are few. Pray that God will send labors. labors. Send the labors. There's plenty of work to be done here. That's good work to be done in serving God. The doors open. If you're not working in the church, we have work for you. The doors open. And for those of you that are worshiping with us at home, there's a number on the screen that you may call. And someone will answer. 
you too, even if you're in a different state, you still can serve God. We'll take you. The door's open. If you're not satisfied with the God you've been serving, Now's the time. The door's open. He'll fill that need. If there's a void in your life, and it just seems like that you're not satisfied with what you've been getting, the door's open. There's power. Power. In the word of God, you just heard the God-man teach. You've heard the choir sing that they are so satisfied with our Savior. The door's open. Will you come? Tomorrow may be too late. Somebody said, I'm going next week. But they didn't make it. Tomorrow never came. The door's open. How would you like to get on a winning team? And serving Jesus. There's victory in Jesus. <laughs> this winning team has never lost. His score is perfect. His record is perfect. The door's open. Let him mean more to you than anything. Pastor moved me when he said, if I can't call my mother, he said, I got the word. I got the word. You get the word in you. You can call on Jesus. He's the one that never leaves us. He's the one that never forsakes us. The door's open. He means more. Won't you stand? Then anything, anything, hallelujah, hallelujah. Listen, we want to remind you and encourage you to continue with us in our 28 days of prayer and fasting throughout this month. If uh, you go to our Facebook page, uh, you should see the information there of how to connect. Also on our website, uh, www.kchapel.org. Uh, if you have not signed up for Right Now Media, uh, there should be a, a button for you to click on in order for you to register uh, with Right Now Media. We want everyone uh, to get the information, those videos that are coming out each and every day. Uh, they're about 10 to 12 minutes worth of uh, video time, uh, something that you can do while you're getting dressed. Amen. 
while you're getting dressed and going to work or while you're on your, well, no, don't do it on your way to work. Uh, but when you come back, amen. Don't do it while you're driving, amen. Let me cover myself. Uh, but when you come back home, whenever you have time, make sure you do that because that's going to get you deeper into the word of God. Amen. Y'all look good. Y'all look good this morning. Amen. Look around, y'all. Did y'all say hello to your neighbors? Did y'all welcome your neighbors? I forgot to let y'all do that. Amen. It's time to go now, but say, say hello anyway. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I got word this morning that they're seating back in the fellowship hall. Y'all, we're filling up again. Amen. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? Hallelujah. Y'all look good. Y'all look good. Amen. I got a sneaky suspicion the Lord is up to something. And I'm going to let him do it. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with each of you. Now henceforth and forevermore. In the name of the Father and of the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. God bless you. Go in peace.